Welcome to The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Struggle is Real, a podcast by Family Bridges. We're your host, Veronica Avila. And on this side, Omar Ramos. Today's topic is false intimacy fallout. Yes, yes. And for that, for that interesting discussion, we invited Dr. Alicia Laos, clinical psychologist, CEO of Family Bridges, and also co-author of The Struggle is Real. And joining us as well is Jonathan Alarcón. He's a pastor. He's a radio personality, husband, and father of two children. Welcome. And you forgot to add, he's an amazing individual. Yes, he is. I've had the pleasure to work with him in the past. Now, to begin our conversation, I'll ask Dr. Laos, is it easy for you to open up to people you don't know? Well, it depends if you're an extrovert or an introvert, right? Exactly. So obviously, if you're an extrovert, you get a lot of energy from people and you will just talk and feel Mm -hmm. comfortable with them. But if you're introverted, that might just be very exhausting and draining for you. And so you may shy away or not necessarily feel comfortable with it. So I think it just depends in terms of your personality. Jonathan, you work with a lot of people. I'm going to shoot the same question at you. Is it easy for you or is it difficult for you to open up to people? I am an introvert, so it's hard for me to open up to people. It might be a surprise to a lot of people because I'm a radio personality, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I became a radio guy because I wanted to change that in my in my life. You know, I wanted to get to know people. It has taken me time, Mm -hmm. but I I love it now, you know, so I I love connecting with people. But yes, it's a challenge and it continues to be a struggle in my life sometimes. Mm -hmm. And he just said it. It's a struggle. It can take time. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, because It does take time and effort to build trust, to open up to others. And of course, for each person, the time varies, right? So why don't we listen to Jade's story and we're going to see how her challenge has been. (laughs) And graduation selfie. Everyone say, congrats, Jade. Congrats, Congrats, Jade. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Oh, look at your mom's face. Jerry. No, no, no. A gym like this has got Jerry, to be worth... Jerry, look. What is it? What's he doing here? You want me to go talk to him? Did you invite him? No. I'll go say something. No, no, let me. Jade. It's my graduation. Let me talk to him. Okay. What are you doing here? Uh, I brought you some flowers. Here. I don't want them. You changed your name. You you don't like Jacqueline anymore? It reminded me of you. Oh. So, I'm gonna go now. We're gonna go home now. Without you. Jacqueline, wait. No, that's not my name. Jade, please. Just just one minute. I'm your father. You, You owe me that. I don't owe you a damn thing. I owe you an... An apology. No, no, you can't do that. You don't get to do that. You don't get to show up here with flowers to apologize for not being a father. It's not that easy. That's not how it works. I'm out. I'm sorry. Tell that to mom. I have. Tell that to the family of the man you drove over while you were driving. Drunk. I have. And did they forgive you? No. Did mom? No. Then that makes you the common denominator. That makes you the one responsible. Everywhere you go, you wreck, you ruin, you destroy. I don't need that. Jade. I don't need you in my life. Come on, Mom, Jerry, let's go. Mm, Well, that went south very fast. Actually, this skit reminds me of this amazing movie that I just saw not that long ago called Collateral Beauty with Will Smith. 
when you guys get a chance to see it, mm-hmm. check it out. You'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, moving forward, it's Jade's graduation, and her daddy shows up, but he's obviously not welcome. Maybe from because of mistakes from the past, his choices have made her daughter want to keep her distance. What is going on here, doctor? Yeah, I think we saw it in the last podcast. So this is the consequence of not establishing that strong bond. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very sad. It was clear from the skit that there were all sorts of circumstances. Alcohol got in the way. Mm-hmm. It had such a strong power over the father that um, it disrupted the relationships and destroyed his family. Um, I do think that Jade has a reason to be angry and has a reason to be upset. Would love to be able to see her develop a story where she's able to eventually forgive, mm-hmm. not necessarily for the well-being of the other, but for her own peace of mind. But I guess that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> um, in this sense, what we're thinking about is these are the consequences. It's very clear when we disregard, when we cons- continuously don't show up in the life of our kids and showing up, not just showing up in their recital or in their game, but also just not showing up every day when they ask us there. You know, I see my son and my daughter constantly ask me for things. Mom, come and play with me with this. Can you do this with me, you know, here? And I could see how easy it would be for me to be like, I'm too busy right now. I can't. Mm -hmm. And if I constantly do that, are they going to ultimately just also stop asking me to do things with them? And later on, they're just going to completely disregard you because you didn't invest in them. So I realize the skit is pretty dark, but it is something that happens, unfortunately, more mm-hmm. times than we would like to when eventually a parent wants to show up later. And now the daughter in this case is jaded by the so many negative experiences that she has had. Wow. Jonathan, you're a pastor. Mm-hmm. What has been your experience or have you seen anything like this with the people that you've worked with? What's, All the time. What are the negative consequences? Of All the time. Thought? Well, <clears throat> one of the things is that we don't think of the consequences. We don't think about the future of our children. We think in the present. And a lot of times, like the doctor said, we're busy with work. And we justify our actions by thinking that we're providing for the family, thinking that we're taking care of the family. But in reality, we don't consider the consequences of that. We need to be reminded that we reap what we saw. Yeah. And a lot of times we forget that. We think in the present, but we forget about the future of our children. And that's why we see an example of this in, in the story that we just heard. There's consequences. So, yes, a lot of times I have people coming to my office and they say, hey, I'm not connecting with my child. What do I do? Or with my teenager in this case, what do I do? And obviously, I mean, it is a little too late. It's never too late, but it's it's late in the game for mm-hmm. them to start trying to fix the relationship. So I always try to work with young parents, try to encourage them, try to teach them, try to guide them and tell them to set their priorities in order. Mm-hmm. So that's how I work with them. Now, obviously, there's families with teenagers that come to us and they want to fix the relationship and that's understandable. But a lot of times I have to direct them to experts like Dr. Laos. So, yeah, I mean, it's very important for us to keep that in mind, that what we reap, what we saw. Thank you, uh, Jonathan, for that. So we're going to go ahead and jump over to the next skit. Now, let's see what would happen if Jacqueline wanted a relationship with her father. Listen to this. Hi, Dad. What are you doing here? It's Father's Day. Who's this? This... 
is Jerry, my stepfather. Hi. What are you doing here? I told you, it's Father's Day. I wanted to visit. You never have before. Mom wouldn't let me until now. What do you do, Jerry? He's just here to... just in case... Just in case what? Just in case you become aggressive. In case I become aggressive? I'm sorry, Jerry. Am I talking to you or am I talking to my daughter? I can't tell. Talk to me. I came here so you could talk to me. Then why is he here? To supervise. Otherwise, I can't stay. Then maybe you better go. No, please. I don't know him. You don't know me. And your mother doesn't want me to know you. You shouldn't have come. No, Dad, stop. I came to see you. I haven't seen you in years and I don't know when I'll see you again. Can we please just talk? Go ahead. How's your day going? Do you really want to know? Yes, of course. Tell me about you. Okay. Um, what do you want to know? Are you happy? Yes. Do you want to stay happy? Yes. Then don't come back here. We're finished. But... Jerry? I don't understand. Come on, let's go. Okay. Well, that was unfortunate. Uh, quick visit. Uh, Jacqueline took time and effort to visit her dad in jail for a reason. She wants to have that relationship with him. Granted, he's in jail for whatever reason. Yet, this man mistreated her in her face and asked her not to come again. I don't know if it was a pride thing. I don't know if it was a guilt thing on his behalf. What effect, obviously it's not a positive one, does this rejection have on this young gal. Yeah, so this sounded like uh, a time capsule, right? We went back in time, and this is probably one of those examples of when her daughter tried to reach out and was rejected. Hey, we've all experienced rejection at one point or another in different shapes. That's part of life. Mm -hmm. When we have a secure base, and it goes back to the last podcast that we talked about, that attachment, that solid attachment. When we have a secure base, we're not going to interpret that rejection as a personal affront. We may, for a moment, grief, feel sad, feel upset, but the shame that comes when you have an insecure attachment is very difficult to peel off mm -hmm. because you take it to heart. You know, it, it becomes an identity. And so in this case, that must have been very painful for Jacqueline because this is her own father that's rejecting her. And luckily, she's got a couple of adults in her life that are sound based and that are establishing that anchor for mm -hmm. her to go and fall back to. You could imagine what would happen if she didn't have that secure adult that she could go to and rely on and, and check that. But if you're solo and as a parent, you're rejecting your child. And again, you're this this is a very powerful scene mm -hmm. and it's awful and it's very clear that she was being rejected. But you reject your kids in day-to-day -day things by completely disregarding them, ignoring them, not giving them the time or day. And it's just accumulated consequences that later create a sense of anger mm -hmm. and frustration. Now, if a child has a sense of solid attachment and they're rejected at some point in their life, which they will, they're going to go back to that solid relationship that's defining them and they're going to feel secure and they're going to interpret that situation and pull away. This is a moment, this is temporary, it happens, I'm just going to push through it and overcome it. But if you don't have a secure base and you're rejected, that rejection, you're going to identify it as I'm a failure. And it leads to a stronger sense of shame for who you are and a sense of insecurity that can lay hold of an individual and really hold them back. What a what a great impact, positive or negative, our actions have on our kids. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Jonathan. You already told us, and just like Dr. Laos just shared, there's negative consequences. So there's anger, there's resentment. What can you tell parents who have already 
I guess, the damage done? How can we turn things hmm. around? How do we remedy that situation? Spending time with them right now. I mean, you got to, like I mentioned previously, you have to set your priorities in order. If you are neglecting them, that means that your priorities are not in order. You have to put them first. Mm-hmm. Put the relationship first. Don't put your job first. Don't put money first. Don't put things first. But you have to put them first. Put your relationship with your children first. Some examples. I have a daughter. She's a four years old. And she comes to me and she says, Daddy, Daddy, uh, let's play. And there's many times that I'm busy. I'm a busy person, just like all of us. Mm-hmm. where All the adults are always busy. But... If I can't stop whatever I'm doing and just play with her at least for a few minutes and I'm like, okay, sweetie, yes, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to play with you for five minutes, okay? So I'm going to play with you for a few minutes. But remember, you need to know that daddy's going to come back to work right after we're done playing, okay? It's going to be brief, but I want to play with you. I need to take a break and I want to spend time with you. So I do that and then I go back and she's happy, you know? I'm 35 years old. I had a good family. I had a great dad. He was very good to us. But I still remember the times when he said to me, oh, I can't play now. And I think that I can ask all of you if you remember the days and the times when Mm -hmm. your parents said to you, oh, I can't play with you now. Of course. So I don't want to do that to my daughter. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I mean, it's hard for me to say to stop whatever I'm doing, but I'd rather do that and spend a few minutes playing with her so that she doesn't build up that resentment. Mm-hmm. And she understands. I mean, kids understand, you know. If I say to my girl, I'm working, I'm busy, but I'm going to spend a few, times with, uh, a few minutes with you. We're going to play a little bit, and then daddy has to come back to work. She understands that, and she's a happy child. But obviously, I have to be reminded of that every single day because there are times when I fail. Dr. Laos, if I already have a teenager, I've already neglected them for whatever reason. How do I pick up? How do I turn things around for him or for her? I recognize what areas you have fallen short. Because if you just pick up without recognizing specific incidences, of course, you're not going to recognize and do a laundry right mm-hmm. of all of the things that we've made mistakes. As all parents, we're always making mistakes. But there's two or three insignificant things. I mean, excuse me, significant things in that you can pull out that you have failed, that you have not shown up. Talk about those things and address them and say, I recognize that in this situation, I should have been there and I didn't. And um, I'm sorry for that. And, and yes, build the relationship from then on. And then let's not repeat, right? Mm-hmm. But I think one critical part is just recognizing one or two incidences where we have rejected or we have fallen short and recognize the impact that that may have had on them and speak about it. Because if you just start only jumping through that and say, I'm just going to establish the relationship, come have fun with me. They're going to feel like it's awkward. Uh, it's awkward, it's mm-hmm. off, it's yeah. lame. They're not going to take you seriously. It's not real. It's yeah. not real. Yeah, you got to build it up little by little, build that trust up once again, no doubt about it. Well, they say that the response of a child to life has a lot to do with the past. Let's go back in time with Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. <coughs> 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 ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, God. Um, Claire, Jacqueline, Daddy's home. <laughs> Is anyone hungry? Tom, I told you to get out. 
<laughs> Look, I brought, I brought you flowers, but I broke, <laughs> broke, broken, broke, broke. Did you pull those out of the ground? <laughs> flowers are for everybody. <laughs> the world laughs in flowers. You need to leave now, or I'll call the police. <sighs> Or you'll call the police. Or you'll call the police for what? For stealing flowers? For b b b b breaking of a, a vase in my own house? What about public intoxication? <sighs> Endangering the welfare of your child? Domestic violence? Oh, I just... I just pulled your hair just a tiny bit. I'm trying to make it up to you. Would you lower your voice? Your daughter's asleep. She's not asleep. Is she? She maybe she maybe she has to go to the bathroom or a, a, a glass of water. I can take care of it. Go back to bed, Jacqueline. Daddy's still sick. Ugh! Don't lie to her. Daddy's not sick, Jacqueline. Tom. Sweetheart, Daddy isn't sick. Daddy's sad. Why are you sad? That's a good question. You see, the way I see, there are two ways for people to feel about the world today. Sad or angry. And being angry takes way too much work, so Daddy's decides to be sad. And this is what it looks like when Daddy's get sad. Come on, Jacqueline, let me tuck you back in. I can do it. I'm not going to tell you again. We're going in here, you're going outside. Do you want Daddy to go outside, Jacqueline? Don't talk to her. Give your Daddy a hug, Jacqueline. Come on. Come here. Jacqueline. You want me to give you a hug, don't you? Yeah. Then come on, then. Oh, there we go. That's nice. That's what I needed. Do you like your flowers, sweetheart? They're very pretty. Just like my two girls. I'm sorry, Claire. I'm sorry. Jacqueline, I, I, I didn't mean to scare you. I just need not to be alone. I just need to sleep. Okay? I'm sorry. If you just let me sleep here, I'll, 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 I'll never, never do it again. Do you believe me? Do you? Look at me, Claire. I promise. Wow. So there's a case of recurring domestic violence at Jacqueline's home. She's seen daddy drunk and be violent with mom. Doctor, talk to us about the effects of domestic violence in today's children. And unfortunately, we hear of a lot of cases and it seems like it happens more now than ever before. Yeah, I, this is a, this is hits home to many more families than what is comfortable for. And I think um, what you see here is an attachment that was created to drinking and attachment that has such a stronghold in the father's life that he's actually lying to himself and lying to the family and then it's led to poor judgment and in this incidence 
has even led to violence. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, as a parenthesis, um, domestic violence is a whole topic we can talk about another day, and yeah, it's a course. very hard reality that many women live. So domestic violence is not just happens because someone's drunk. It's about power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could talk about that another time. But it is often seen as something that happens when someone's under the influence. So just want to delineate the difference, um, that it's not just because someone's drunk that they're going to be violent. I of guess course. I just want to make sure that we yes. clarify that. Mm-hmm. But clearly, the fact is it's just very confusing. Children that have been raised in homes where they've experienced um, someone that has been drinking a lot and has had been under the influence and has had a substance dependence or a substance addiction, they have a hard time attaching emotionally and, and managing their emotions because they don't know what to expect. A lot of times you're walking on eggshells. That's how mm-hmm. they've described it. They go into the room and they never know if the person's going to be loving or a clown, like in this case, just the mixed messages and just having to always be on the edge, create a sense of instability. And so they just have to be ready and toughen up for whatever comes their way. And so later in life, it's hard for these kids to be attuned to their feelings. And, and so they struggle in this regard with a lot of relationships later on. And so the cost um, instead of building a solid and a strong and a clean and pure attachment with his family and daughter, this husband has chosen to attach to substance abuse instead, and it is going to cost him, and we saw it in the earlier skits. Mm-hmm. I would like to talk about the child, somebody that's already experienced these unfortunate activities at home, the false attachment, right, from parents, and now how this obviously affects a child into their youth or into their adulthood. How does someone that's coming from that type of background finally come to trust someone? Because obviously there's insecurities, they're building walls, they don't want to open up to just anybody because they they feel like they can't really trust anybody. How does someone finally overcome something like that? Yeah, that's a hard one. I think the beautiful thing is that children are resilient and change does happen, but it does require someone that's consistent later on, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's a husband or wife that is there for the spouse or a friend, or maybe they've gone through therapy or counseling, but either working through it professionally or really someone just being faithfully present Mm -hmm. can counteract that, if you will. It takes time because there is a sense of my parents didn't provide this. I don't have a secure base. You know, I didn't develop that. I don't have that. So I'm always like have misgivings about people. Mm-hmm. you know, and things or situations because I just I'm operating from a place where I didn't have that. So that means I always I'm like m- watching out for what, you know, what could come my way. Who's going to be next? Who's right? going to be next? Because that's how you grew up with. Right. If you grew up in a war zone, yeah. then you're going to be in the war zone all the time. Right. Because mm-hmm. you, you're thinking that someone's coming flailing you. So it's going to take a long time of someone being faithfully showing up for you showing that secure attachment for you to start letting down your guard, you know, through a solid relationship. I've seen it a lot with spouses, but also with like, if it's a child, another, you know, a step parent that has really Mm -hmm. stepped in or a solid parent relationship, an adult that's present Mm -hmm. and instances that someone needs to go through therapy and counseling because it's, it's just a lot of damage that's been done. So we're going to go ahead and uh, circle back to uh, pastor Jonathan Alarcon. You work with a lot of people based on what we just heard Unfortunately, there are some individuals that build walls to kind of distance themselves because they come from a very uh, maybe toxic background at home. What do you say to these people? How, I mean, how do you break that wall down to help them get back to a, a normal life and, and leave all that resentment in the past? I think it's very important to connect these people with good examples like we just heard from Dr. Laos. It's very important for them to see that that's not 
even though it's common for them in their lives, you know, there's people that they can trust. There's people that are there to build them up. There's people that are a good example to them. So as a pastor, as a leader in the community, what I try to do is try to connect those people with good example, with good leaders, with people that are interested in investing in others and giving love, giving time and direction. So my advice is go and look for people that can't be a good example to you and little by little you're going to start trusting them i think the other thing i would add to that is forgiveness even though all those things that may have happened to you if you're a listener and you've experienced that if you hold on to that grudge Mm -hmm. that grudge is going to have a hold on and and be a part of you and it's going to be a monster that's going to define your future relationships and the way you handle future circumstances and so being able to go through a process of forgiveness now i don't mean forgiveness that you just say oh you tolerate things or Mm -hmm. you excuse them or you just kind of you know put a band-aid approach it's a very difficult journey to go through but if you're able to forgive then you're not carrying that big book bag of resentment with you in the future and you're released to trust in future relationships and to be whole again and to be restored. So that's a, a painful and difficult process, definitely worthwhile the peace of mind and the wellness that you would have in the future. Yes, yes. I, I'd like to just add to that. Sometimes when you're carrying all that resentment, you think, I just can't because I've been so hurt, blah, 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 blah. But when you finally do And obviously it's a process, just like you mentioned, but when you finally do, you don't realize, I guess, uh, when you can't forgive, you can't realize that the person that's going to take that weight off of of your own shoulders is going to be you. (laughs) A lot of times when we talk about forgiveness, people think that it has to do with the other person, Mm -hmm. but actually forgiveness is for you. So it's one of those things that it's hard for, as a pastor, as a leader, talk to you about forgiveness, but it's not about the other person. It's about you and it's important for you. You need to forgive. Ultimately, yes. Yeah. Alrighty. So I guess we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up. If I'm not mistaken, thank you very much to Pastor Jonathan Alarcón. Sure. Of course, Dr. Alicia for always being here and joining us during this podcast. Once again, we hope you were able to help you reflect on any needed adjustments in the relationship you have with your family. That's right. Don't miss our next podcast with more interesting topics about parenting and family life. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Veronica. Of course, we'd like to to invite for us to, um, for you rather, we would like for you to follow us on social media. Hashtag the struggle is real. I am your host, Omar Ramos. And I'm Veronica Avila. Till next time. This was The Struggle is Real by Family Bridges. For more ideas on parenting, get your copy of The Struggle is Real by Drs. Paul Meyer and Alicia Laos on FamilyBridgesUSA.com. 